I dare say that we've all had those moments when we've been tested and tried on stuff. And it's interesting how some of us, when we're, we're tried, it just shakes our confidence. And others, it really helps us build our confidence. Well, that's our subject today. And welcome to the Bible Study for Life adult podcast, uh, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. Chris, why don't you introduce uh, our, our listeners to our guest who's with us today? Well, it is a pleasure for us to have Darren Clark with us. Darren is the graphic designer responsible for Bible Studies for Life content and always brings interesting observations to us when we have him join us on the... Uh, so no pressure, Darren. No pressure. Yeah, there you go. How about that? Great to have you with us, man. Great to be here as always. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that Chris got to introduce me. You, you punted that, Lynn, I, you know. <laughs> Yes, I, I punted it. And for the non-football guy in the room, yes, I did understand what a punt is. Wow, so, that's wow. cool. Yeah. So, uh, before, we, before we get away from football, Darren's a big Buffalo Bills fan. and That's right, baby. In football season here, so uh, optim, optimism uh, reigns eternal for you Buffalo Bills, guys. You know well, Chris. I mean, how many preseasons <laughs> have there been that I'm like, this is a year, this is a year. This could I'm actually be the year. <laughs> Although this could be the year. Mark it. I'm telling you, this is the year. Well, Darren, right. I hope you're not tested on that. I hope it's not a trial for you. Oh, it's uh, always a trial. Yeah, but with that segue, <laughs> let me take us into our Bible study. Uh, we are wrapping up a study, a six-week study uh, about walking in confidence. Uh, so we've been in the previous podcasts, and certainly as you've been with your groups, looking at the life of Abraham. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to look at, uh, gosh, to me, one of those key pivotal stories in the life of Abraham with uh, him and his son, Isaac, when God calls him to that sacrifice. So here's the point of our study, though. Trust God, even when your faith is tested. So at the beginning of our session, we, we lead off with icebreaker questions. And this week's is, when has a grueling experience been worth it? So the image in the uh, adults is a, a woman who's obviously, obviously just given birth to a child. So the, the graphic, Darren, would lead people to have that kind of conversation. But what anything come to mind for you guys where you've been through a long <laughs> Uh, <laughs> testing time of season of testing of, of, of preparation for something that finally comes to an end. Well, when you start off with that image, I don't know how you can, can we even say it because as anything compared to that, <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's hard to like, I feel like anything I have is like so insignificant, yeah. but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it's just, I, I, I think back to like just the real, difficult times in uh, my marriage early on, like in the first like seven years, we had, we had some times that were, gosh, I mean, I, I, I look back now and think like, I think these are the times that people give up on marriage and get divorced. And it was tough. And it was, it wasn't just like a, a couple days or, you know, or, or a week. It was like, literally it was like seasons and like kind of coming and going for like, you know, I'd say four or five years that we just kind of was, it felt, it felt grueling. You know, and so, but man, I look back now and oof, man, I'm so glad that we, by God's grace, we made it and, and we're so much richer uh, in our relationship, you know, because of it, you know. Well, appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, the writer talks about a hike experience in Michigan. Uh, we've heard from Travis over the past couple of weeks. So we've gotten to know him a little bit. And uh, I think of other people who have done 
marathons or Ironman, those kind of things come to my grad school can be that way. Lynn, it seems like you've been building something for your wife for a while that would maybe qualify. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, I just finished a desk for my wife, a nine foot long desk, and it's done. That puppy is out of my garage, uh, but it, it's one of those things you get to the end. I'm so tired of this. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good. But I hate to compare that to Darren talking about the his, the trials you know, of a marriage. We got this image. Yeah, these are supposed of, to be lighthearted, right? I mean, yeah. you, know, you start icebreaker, light and easy, and, you know. So a woman giving is, birth, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So, so this is significant though, because sometimes that just happens. We think we set up a question. We think, oh, people will talk about this kind of stuff, and all of a sudden, someone does what Darren does, or someone talks about their child birth experience and um as leaders we we kind of have to be prepared to respond and to go with that and to still keep it open for other people to talk so it's um maybe this has been a good teaching teaching teachable moment for well i'm just gonna say this then and uh, please don't call and write about this but obviously i've never given birth to a child but i have had a man cold <laughs> All right. What is a man cold? Well, you know, women women can have a cold. They can be just they just stopped oh, up. Okay, and, I got and all that, and they just go through life. I I just want to lay in bed and moan and feel sorry <laughs> for myself. You know, it's a man cold. Uh, <laughs> oh my word! But I, I can see you now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't even want to see that. Let's get to Abraham. <laughs> All right. But here is the interesting part of this: that we can we can be lighthearted. We can talk about marriage, even the 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 challenges that females have giving birth. But I got to say, I think Abraham holds the trump card on this. Because as we look at this passage in Genesis 22, the trial that he undergoes, uh, wow, who, who has ever, God has ever asked that of anybody. Uh, so let's, if it's all right, let me just kind of get us into the passage. As I said, this is Genesis 22. And I just want to look at a couple of verses here and kind of get the, set the context. And Darren, Chris, I'm going to turn it back right back to you. But uh, verse one, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Wow. Talk about having your faith tested. Well, you know, we've looked at Abraham's life for um, from the from the when we're introduced to him and God says to him, leave your family and, and go to this land I'm going to give you and I'm going to bless you. Uh, you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. And uh, which is in Genesis 12. And, and we, you know, we've seen that echoed in other passages. And so you get to the end of his life's journey. He finally has this son. And then God has this outlandish, has this request. that's just something you would never ever think could be possible. And, um, uh, so we probably need to qualify some of this a little bit, uh, in the law, God makes it clear that this would is something that he would never ask or expect of people. Uh, so, so later that's, that's, that's really clarified for us. And I think one of the key, uh, ideas that we sometimes miss with other translations, but I think the CSB did a good job with this was to make it clear that God was asking Abram to give 
his son Isaac, his one and only son. And suddenly there is New Testament language that causes us to uh, be aware that this there's this is a bigger story than uh, just this story. How's that? Yeah, I mean, I would say <laughs> I mean, there's I don't know there, there's so many big aspects to this. I mean, like like Lynn said, setting this up. I mean, this is this is huge. This is one of those stories that's that I, I, even when I was a young, uh, <clears throat> a young Christian, you know, this story always fascinated me. Um, and just because you think of like how could he do this or be willing and all this, but it's like I don't know the, the <laughs> there's so many ways you can go with this. But I think one of the things that stood out to me um is this the because the first question i i had after like you know when i was reading this section was like how do you know god's voice and then but then you when you read the ver first verse it's like he's with i mean he god speaks to abraham and he says here i am lord and so but it's like he i mean can you imagine just that moment i mean he it wasn't like he was abraham was surprised you know he he's it goes on to say a little bit later in the psg content that you know like the longer you walk with God, the more you know him. And, but, this, you know, so this was, this, this was a supernatural event. And I just heard something, somebody last night talking um, about how they heard like their experience and hearing the voice of God and how it and just, how unmistakably it, it shook him. Um, and it was, hmm. but it was unmistakable, you know, and I, when then in the way that he was describing it, you know, you know, reminded me of the time that I heard God's voice. And it was like that unmistakable, that, 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 that voice. And you just knew it was God because of like the experience. And, but yet he, here he is walking with him. He knows him. He's not, he's not startled by him, but like, I love, I love what Chris has said about the law. Like he, Abraham knew the law, God's law didn't um, condone murder. So it's like, so he knew God's voice by, knowing God's word, he knew intimately in relationship, you know, he's walking with him. So when God comes to him and, and says this, this, even though this is a supernatural experience, he wasn't taken back by it because he had already had experience. So I think that's the key to this is like, because as I just, as I read this, it, it's like, how could you do this? But it's like, well, I, it's not so hard to understand when you understand his relationship with God. That all makes sense. I mean, I just it does. And there's the part of me that wonders: Did he question this a lot? Did he have a lot of questions? Did he think this through? Did he talk about it with Sarah? But when we'll get into this in a moment, when you get into verse three, he says, "So Abram, Abraham got up early in the morning. So maybe he wrestled with it all night. But on the next day, he was obedient. Yeah, I would bet he didn't talk to Sarah about it." <laughs> that's just my man response i so god said something like that to me i don't know that i talked to my wife about it yeah we're, I'm, I'm taking the sun we're gonna go take a quick trip to the beach yeah. well so let, let me like take us into that because what we're seeing here is uh, making the principle apply to us there are times our faith will be tested uh, exactly. and then the idea is we're going to look in the uh, starting in verse three we need to do what Abraham does, did when we are tested, just to trust God. Because you know, Abraham, he says here, he got up early in the morning. Uh, he you know, sat with the donkey, got his uh, servants together, and son Isaac got everything together, and they're making this trip. And and you get come down to verse seven, and and you see where it's Isaac who says, "Hey, the fire and the wood are here. Uh, where's the lamb for the burnt offering?" 
Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. You know, wow. I think I think we get a, a glimpse into the heart and soul of Abraham here. Abraham here, we see him say say that give that response. But you know, before that, he told the guys that he was with, "Hey, I'm going to take my son and we're going to offer the sacrifice, and we're going to go worship God, and then we'll be back." So there's this whole dynamic at play where uh, Ab- Abraham's given all these vibes. I'm being obedient, but. We'll be back. God will provide the, the the sacrifice. It's just interesting to me. Sure. Yeah, I cir- I circled that too um, in the in the verse where it's like because again, you know, here we are. Think when you really think about like what is his relationship and how much does he trust? Like it, it talked about in the PSG. It says I'm the, there's a little line there that said trusting or I'm sorry, testing strengthens our trusting. And I love that. Um, and that's kind of what you see here. Like he's when he says then we'll come back. You know, he even to that point, you know, he's talking to these, I guess, servants, you know, he's leaving the donkey with the servants. And, you know, it's right up to that point. It's like he's still, you know, walking in faith. Um, and, there, you know, there's another thing there that I thought was really cool. I mean, I, this is just kind of a sidebar. But when it when it said Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on laid it on his son, Isaac, you know, essentially to carry it up. Um it's like, that's, that's like the cross. I mean, here's Jesus. He's, he, he, he carried his cross to Calvary. Right. You know, and there's, and there's so many parallels to the story to Christ, obviously, but I just saw that. I was like, that's, I mean, my gosh, that's, that's such a cool connection. Another, another new Testament overton is the uh, God himself will provide the lamb Mm. for the sacrifice. So, yeah. And, And one thing I find fascinating, this story is, Isaac's take on this. Now, granted, he raises this question here, but even to the point where Abraham is lying Isaac on the altar, we're not talking Isaac being a three-year-old, this little infant. Number one, he's big enough he could carry the wood. Uh, Isaac's old enough that he goes, hey, wait a minute. You know, he could have run away. Uh, he, His dad is over 100 years old. Maybe he can overpower his dad. To me, there is an element of trust and Isaac as well. Uh, that, now I'm just speculating here, but just kind of reading between the lines, there's some trust that happened on Isaac's part here too. Yeah, think I, about that when you when you look at like how when Christ is on the cross, it's like again this is father son relationship. He's like you know he cries out, Father, why have you forsaken me? You know there was there was even when Christ said that on the cross. <laughs> You know, there's, there's, I think the parallels there, but um, again, it, it goes back to, you know, not my will, but your will be done. You know, that trust that's there between the father and the son. And there's, again, there's so much beautiful connections between, um, you know, th- this uh, story in Genesis to what, you know, Christ did on the cross with, you know, with his father, his obedience, to, you know, uh, it's beautiful. So nope. uh, one of the questions that's asked that I think is helpful is, uh, what, what helps you remain obedient to God during a season of testing? So a- Abraham experienced a season of testing. He remained faithful and obedient to God. Uh, when in our lives have we experienced a season of, of trial, a season of testing, and, and, and stayed the faith, stayed obedient to him? It's a good question for our, our, our groups to, to wrestle with this week. And Chris, I, I think this is – what you just get it got at is the heart of why 
small group Bible study, Sunday school classes are so critical because as you're going through a season of difficulty, to have that group of adults, that those are your peers in your Bible study group, they're walking with you. Uh, maybe it's just because you ask for prayer, but they are there with you. Uh, in the context of, if I could call it this big church, you know, where if I'm not in a Bible study group, but I'm a member of a church, uh, I'm trying to relate to the entire church, and that's not always easy to do uh, when I'm when I'm walking through an issue. But in a smaller group setting, like a Sunday school class, small group, it's easier to do. And I think that's critical to have people to walk alongside me when I am facing those trials. Well, those folks know, they know you, they know your life, they know what you're going through. And there's ways that they come alongside to just to let you know that they're there for you, that they're encouraging you, that they're praying for you. And you're, you are so you're so right on to talk about the how important it is and we have this need so we need to keep that before folks that uh, uh groups make a difference now you're you're pretty active in a group darren mm -hmm. yeah i mean i one of mine is the um as i've talked to you guys before is the uh high school group that i lead and that's one sometimes you know some <laughs> one of the most you know dynamic groups because of the honesty of the guys and what they question what they um, you know, what they talk about. And I think that ties into like what I've experienced with those guys is just like um, when they get specific about things that they've struggled with, that's where like, as you guys, it just as you guys are talking about the importance of groups, I think when you get into the specifics, like it's easy to say, like I'm being tested to grow my faith. Well, that's really, you know, yeah. you know, big kind of view of it. But when you get into the weeds with other people, um, it's not just like us walking with God, but it is us walking with other believers so that when we get into the weeds and he asks these questions like, you know, how are you testing me in this situation, God? You know, like what, what you're testing me, but what is it? What is it specifically that you're trying to build in me or strengthen in me or weed out in me? Like, you know, pride, like is God trying to, you know, break down my pride so that I can, you know, but then again, how does that then affect, you know, the kingdom, like, you know, how that, you know, is, you know, portrayed by outsiders and seeing me sure. walking as a Christian, you know, there's so many, you know, there's so many th things that God could have, um, you know, in a situation that he wants not just, you know, personally, you know, strengthen me and my faith in these specifics, but then, you know, how that plays out, you know, into, um, you know, edifying brothers and sisters or even to, you know, an unbelieving world. Um, Darren, so and, that questions. and you know, when you talk about that, getting into the weeds of how you're being tested, what, what is fascinating for me is when someone actually is open enough to do that, that all of a sudden someone else in the group goes, hey, wait a minute, that's kind of the area I'm struggling with too. Oh, yeah. And there's that strength, you know, I'm, you know, God's with me, but I've got a brother, I've got this sister over here that's walking, kind of walking down that same path. And uh, again, there's support that comes with each other. Uh, yeah, I've seen that many times. Yeah. Yeah, True. that is so strong. So where this ends, uh, the particular section we're looking at, we come down to verse 10, where it says, and Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. 
now now we stop and we, we talk like we've been talking. Um, but Darren, you, you talk about working with high school students. I have a friend named Joel. Uh, he, he was working with high school group and they were actually looking at this study, uh, this particular passage in Genesis 22 over two weeks. And when he came to verse 10, this is where they're actually through their discussion. They kind of came to the end of their Bible study. And we're going to. And so he, he, he said he, he did. It. He said, Abraham reached out, took the knife to slaughter his son. And he turned to the group and says, and this is where we're going to pick up next week. He said, one of the girls screamed out, don't do that. What actually, what happened? And it was in the moment he realized his group didn't know the story of, of Abraham and sacrificing his son, had no idea what was going to happen next. So I just and, thought this was a cliffhanger, huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, First break. But what that was, for Joel, and we, I always remember this story because it reminds me, I should never assume people know the story that we're into. Uh, and, and I think that's a, uh, that's a dangerous thing often we as, uh, as leaders, those who teach a group, uh, we fall into. Oh, you all know this story. Well, they may not. It's really uh, true. So there's that kind of that cliffhanger. But with this particular session, we're not going to leave it a cliffhanger. We're going to move right into verse 11. And this is where verse 11 is the angel of the Lord called to him from, Ab- from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. And then he says, for I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. And then the passage as it continues on, there's a ram that there's the, the, the in, in the bushes that, that takes the place of sacrificing his son, Isaac. And I love this where Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. Because today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. So that's Jehovah Jireh, right? That's correct. All yeah. right. All right. Not the provider. So he is and does uh, provide. Again, we have all of the New Testament parallels. Uh, one and only son offers as sacrifice uh, the lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, which is theme of the of the entire Bible. Uh, so help in your groups, help people make those connections from, of the story of Abraham's uh experience here uh, with what God does for us through Christ Jesus. It's important that we make those connections. So one of the things that, that uh, in groups for old, older or more mature Christians, I would want to uh, ask them to talk about ways God has provided for them. And it obviously may not be as dramatic as this, but uh, it gives us a, a way to make the connection of God's how God is provider in our lives. Sure. Uh, But I want to keep in mind, as we talk about that, this emphasis that God does provide and it's always on time. Good word. You know, because now it may not be on my timing, but God knows he sees the big picture. He knows. And so we can trust them that he's going to give you and I what we need exactly when we need it. Well, I think the key thing there, too, is that, you know, as we talk about what God provides us, I see a very clear, you know, effort on our part or in Abraham's part here to the part where it says, for I know that you fear God. So he stops him. He says, for, for now, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld 
your only son from me. So it's like, you know, God provided after we, after he showed that he was willing to give up what was dear to him here in, in this earth, like his son, he showed, you know, and by walking, like all the verses we read earlier, like they're walking they got the fire, they're doing this and they're going, you know, he's showing all along. So there's like the two key things that come up to my mind is how do you show, like we talked, Chris, you talk about mature believers in, in the group. It's like, maybe like one of the questions is how do you show and actually live out that you fear God, hmm. you know, how, cause Abraham did, right. How do you show that in your life? And then, then the, then the next question is like, what are the Isaacs in your life that you need to be willing to sacrifice? Who are the Isaacs in my life? I need to sacrifice. Now, not people, not literally people, but, <laughs> but maybe that maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there, or, there's, or, there's, yeah. Or maybe be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. 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 And that's a good point, Chris, because that's what that uh, that's what Abraham showed in this passage, his willingness. Mm, he, he did yeah. not. God stopped him. He did not have to carry through with it. But there was that willingness there. Good point. Thanks. But again, he was. Why was he willing? Because he knew God. He loved God and he trusted God. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, I mean, a lot of times we're not willing to sacrifice things in our lives because we really we don't know him because we're not spending, we, you know, we're not spending time in the word. We're not praying. We're not really living, you know, righteously like we should be. Um, and so we, we, then we even get confused by, you know, well, is that God saying that? Or is that, is that Satan? Is that um, because even in one of the lines in the, in the PSG, it says, um, uh, where is it here? That Satan is, um, continuously Satan tempts us to sin to break us down and pull us away. So you got these, you know, these forces that are at play, but it says surely Satan was hard at work planting seeds of doubt in Abraham. But mm. Abraham kept walking, you know, he kept doing because again, he knew, you know, so then when that testing came and this is what I love, and this is why I've always told my guys, talking about like my, my, my high school small group guys, I tell them like, man, when the testing comes that moment, you've got to be prepared for it. It's like all that preparation comes before that moment of testing. So that's why you got, you might not think nothing's nothing major is happening right now in my life, but, but that's the time you need to be, be preparing so that when the testing time comes, you're, you're ready and you know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times this is maybe a good place to talk about this. Some, a lot of the times the moments of testing in our lives, we tend to see as a moment in time instant where God said this to Abraham. And then we're talking over a period of days. Uh, he's carrying out what God asked him to do. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think we look may lose sight that sometimes our our seasons of testings aren't a singular second a moment but it's it, it can be stretched out over mm. uh, over a period of time and where we have to remain faithful and steadfast uh, through that process that's a good word yeah i love that Thank you, Darren, for your insights and for taking the time to be a part of this. And uh, thank you for listening uh, to our podcast. We believe that uh, the story of uh, Abraham and the six sessions that we've talked about have just been uh, dynamic and fascinating in a lot of ways. And this story itself is uh, just one of the great stories in the Bible. Give your folks time to think about, to process, 
um, how God has provided in their lives, the sacrifice that he asks us to make, the importance of the, of relationship and knowing when God speaks and trusting him. Um, all of that's at play. And, and again, point people to Jesus, to the gospel um, as a part of your session. So again, Darren, thanks for being a part. We'll give you a, a moment to speak here at the end. I uh, want to give Lynn a moment to address those of you who are uh, group leaders at this time. Yes. Uh, of course, as we're wrapping up uh, this particular study, next week we will be jumping into a new study. We're looking at a study called Irrefutable, looking at some of the Old Testament prophecies that point to the birth of Jesus. So we, we're going to be looking at the story of Christmas, but from an Old Testament perspective. Uh, we'll jump into that later. But what reason I'm mentioning it now is use the time to contact the people in your group, your Bible study class. Just to make a call and invite them, remind them to be in your Bible study group. Uh, sometimes it's just a call to say, hey, how are you doing? How can we be praying for you? Don't, uh, don't just focus, though, on the absentees, those who maybe they haven't been in a few weeks. I mean, certainly call them. Call that guy that's there every week you meet. Because he needs that touch to know that somebody cares for him as well. Um, I think that's a key part of, of leading a Bible study is that they know I'm not just here to be a, a, a to be academic to to teach you Bible facts. I care about you. Uh, so take the time to make some calls to them this week. All right, thank you, Lynn. Once again, we we thank you guys for listening to us, Darren. Thanks for being with us, Darren. Helps uh, us uh, with Bible studies for life to to think about how things look, the visual appeal uh, of our sessions. Uh, he, there are uh, multiple images that Darren is a part of uh, either approving or, or uh, uh, creating uh, for us. So we're grateful for your work. And uh, let me give you a moment to say a final word, Darren, and then I'll, I'll close this out. The final word for me is this, you know, how do you show that you fear God? I think us having a real sense of, in today's church, having a real sense of reverence and fear. because like, there's a the passage in Colossians that's really stood out to me lately. That is like, we are to warn and to teach Paul saying to the, to the, as teachers, um, we are to warn and to teach people so we can present people to be perfect and mature in their, in their, in their walk and their, you know, walk with Christ. And so I think there's that balance that we've kind of lost in today's church and where we've lost that fear, but, you know, I think and there's something powerful to it. it. It emboldens. I was telling my son the other day that, that when you have that true, genuine sense of fear of God, respect, and, you know, knowing that he is God, he's not our buddy, he is God. Um, you know, when we have that kind of balance, it creates boldness in us and it creates confidence in us as children of God. It's So I would say, you know, how do you show that you fear God? That'd be my question. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, it's important that we have that, that, that fear, that reverence, that awe, that, tr but ultimately that trust mm -hmm. uh, in God that, that we have talked about over and over again that we see in the life of Abraham. So thanks, Darren, for being with us. Thank you guys for listening and hope that you'll plan on being with us next week as we launch a new study.